breaking news now. Here's Sean Hannity. All right, big breaking news today. More developments. So many of you said, Hannity, when is justice coming? When is justice coming? When? And I'm like, I don't know. We have spent, we first started talking about the, the dramatic increase in unmaskings by the Obama administration in March of 2017. That is when we started this quest to unpeel every layer of the onion that led us to Hillary's subpoenaed emails, that led us to the dirty dossier, that led us to the unverified uh, dirty dossier, that led us to four FISA applications, that led us to a scope memorandum, that led us to the false pretense of these Russia investigations. Uh, and now it is it is like a house of cards and it is beginning to tumble and topple. And this is where we begin our program today, because uh, we now have the Office of Director of National Intelligence. That would be Rick Grinnell. And by the way, I was watching last night on Martha McCallum, spokesperson, Kerry Cupic for the Department of Justice uh, saying that, yeah, this is a big part of the Durham. It's relevant to the Durham investigation and something that he has long been looking at. Why was there a 300 percent increase in unmasking? Why was Samantha Powers, the U.N. ambassador, unmasking? And that was an interesting tidbit we got this week because the corrupt, compromised, congenital liar who was being told, no, we have no evidence of any Trump-Russia collusion, no evidence, no evidence, no evidence, no evidence, no evidence. He'd go out there on state-run television, fake news CNN and MSDNC, the Conspiracy Channel, or the New York Toilet Paper Times, state-run socialist propaganda uh, newspaper that it is, or the Washington Compost, same thing, and they, they couldn't get enough of the congenital liar. And then the congenital liar goes from one conspiracy theory, one group of lies, one hoax into another hoax. Now he's trying to involve himself and in turning coronavirus into a way to bludgeon Donald Trump. Now, what has just been released, we have been talking at length now for years about what is a dramatic increase in unmaskings in the Obama administration, especially within the last year, two years of the administration. A 300% increase. Now, for those of you that don't understand, what have I been saying? The powerful tools of intelligence cannot be turned on the American people. We entrust people with these most powerful weapons, but if they turn them on, we, the people, and abuse their power, and they use these tools in a corrupt fashion, then you could say goodbye to our Constitution, uh, civil liberties, constitutional protections, the rule of law, application of our laws i've told you all of this and we've said it again and again now we have where the department of justice first received a list of unmasking requests and by the way this is dealing with only one individual just one person there's a lot more to come and that is general flynn now let's go back a couple of weeks what did we learn we learned the fbi was asking questions that no fbi agent uh, should ever ask. We already knew about what Deputy FBI Director McCabe did by telling Flynn he didn't need an attorney on 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 January 24th, the fourth day of the Trump administration. We know that Comey bragged about I sent them in 
and I did what I'd never do or get away with with any other previous administration, Bush or, or Obama, took advantage of the chaos. I sent them in, uh, which was an ambush interview for General Flynn. And then the questions were, well, what's our aim here? Is our aim to get an admission? Is our aim to uh, uh, catch him in a lie perjury trap? Is our aim <clears throat> so we can prosecute him or get him fired? Those are not questions any FBI person should ever ask. And the deputy FBI director, when asked if, if General Flynn needed a lawyer, should have said, yes, you probably do. And then FBI Director Comey, <clears throat> we know that he should have himself followed proper procedures. But he wanted to ambush, as he bragged about. Now, all of this has to do with General Flynn, and it gets even more interesting. So the DNI gives over to the Justice Department. This was at the request um, from, I believe it was, uh, let's see, Senator Grassley and Senator Johnson. Because we just have released right now, and James, if you can print out what Linda sent, uh, uh, right now we have this letter from from Paul uh, Nakasone, who is a general U.S. Army director, subject, follow-up, unmasking requests, in reference to former National Security Advisor Flynn. Per your, per your email request of May 3rd, 2020, I am providing a revised list of identities of any officials who submitted requests to the National Security Agency at any point between November 8th, 2016, that would be Election Day in 2016, and January 31st, 2017, to unmask the identity of former National Security Advisor Lieutenant General Michael T. Flynn. The original list was in alphabetical order, and revised list is in chronological order, including the date and the request received. Now, consistent with the original response dated May 1st, 2020, this information is provided pursuant to the oversight authorities vested in the Director of National Intelligence. A copy of this correspondence will be provided to the Secretary of Defense. Then it goes on from there. Now, let me remind you what a unmasking is. So when you have a FISA warrant, for example, now, now we have all the time spying is going on we're being spied with we're being messed with you can you know the countries and then probably even some allied countries uh russia hostile regime hostile actor china hostile regime a hostile dictator for life iran hostile mullahs a hostile regime there you can go through the world all of these countries so i can tell you we have the best three-letter agencies in the entire world we they are given the most powerful tools of intelligence now when we find ourselves in a position doing our job to protect our country, our national defense, and we are surveilling uh, these countries that we know are hostile to the U.S., well, there's a lot of times when American, innocent American citizens are on the line and there is no warrant because we believe in constitutional order. There's no warrant to surveil the American. Now, as part of the process, they're, they are supposed to practice something known as minimization. In other words, the person that is doing the surveilling, once they recognize that it is an American citizen and they recognize the American is not doing something nefarious or betraying his country in some way, then they will then not listen to that part of the conversation. They will record it as an American, even if they know the identity of an American. 
The unmasking process is when they reveal the identity of an American that's on a phone call. Remember, before they went into General Flynn's office January 24th, they already had the full transcript of the conversation with his soon-to-be Russian counterpart. Now we know because of the documents that were released last week, we now know that General Flynn, the original 302, we've never gotten the whole one. This is the first interview which struck and one other FBI agent that they didn't think Flynn was lying. Okay, but they did make a note of it, and that was the original 302. And they did address what General Flynn's answer was. Did you talk about lifting sanctions when you were on with with your future counterpart? His answer was, I remember talking to him. I don't remember the specifics of what we talked about. They didn't think he was lying. Now, but they had had the whole conversation, which is why McCabe should have said you need a lawyer. It's why Comey shouldn't have done what he did here. All right, so now it says... This list of recipients who receive General Flynn's identity in response to a request processed between November 8th, 2016, Election Day, and January 31st, 2017, to unmask his identity that had been generically referred to. In other words, they say in American. They don't say General Flynn. Uh, in an NSA foreign intelligence report, each individual was authorized, an authorized recipient of the original report, and the unmasking was approved through, quote, NSA's standard process, which includes a review of the justification for the request. But again, this was the Obama administration. This was a lot of this was at the end of the Obama administration. Any only certain personnel are authorized to submit unmasking requests. All right. Now, what names do we have here? Well, starting, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six separate times. Samantha Powers, why would a U.N. ambassador ever request anybody be unmasked? There are six separate requests from her just in this very limited, isolated time period. Now, she said in her testimony, which we just got released late last week, that she didn't make the 300 requests and she doesn't know who did. Well, now we need to find out who it was. Now, now we also have the director of national intelligence, James Clapper's name is on this. Uh, then we also have, let's see, the deputy chief of mission. Uh, let's see, we have Kelly D. Uh, Degnan is on this. I don't know who that is. U.S. Ambassador to Italy. Uh, John Phillips is on this. Oh, we have two requests from director of the Central Intelligence Agency, John Brennan himself. Okay, that was December 14th and 15th, 2016. Then you have a guy by the name of OIA Director Patrick Conlon, Secretary of the Treasury. Why would Jacob Liu need two separate unmasking requests? The Acting Assistant Secretary of the Treasury, also a guy named McGlynn. He had a request. Acting Deputy Assistant Secretary of Treasury Mike Newfield had a request. Deputy Secretary of the Treasury Sarah Raskin had a request. Under Secretary of the Treasury Nathan Sheets had a request. A lot of people in the Treasury up to their eyeballs in this. Acting Undersecretary of the Treasury, Adam Susbin is in this. We have the U.S. NATO Defense Advisor, Mr. Robert Bell, is named here. U.S. Representative to NATO Military Committee, this guy Christensen, uh, Adam Christensen. Oh, look at this. Look at this. Mr. Super Patriot himself, James Comey, Director of the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Now, we do have a couple of redacted names here. I'm not sure why. You have the U.S. NATO Office of Defense Advisor, Policy Advisor for Russia, Lieutenant Colonel Paul Greenberg. You have uh, Ambassador NATO, 
uh, Douglas Lute. You have the another NATO deputy, James Hirsch. You have more redactions. You have other NATO people, the chief of mission to NATO, Mr. Litzenberger. You have U.S. permanent representative to NATO, Douglas Lute. You have the DOE uh, in executive briefer redacted. You have a U.S. NATO political personnel, Mr. Scott Parrish. You have this deputy secretary of energy, Elizabeth Sherwood Randall. Let's see. And you can go on from there. Now, these names. Then we have the ambassador to Turkey. Then we have, oh, the chief of staff of the president of the United States, then Barack Obama, Dennis McDonough. Now, his date is of great interest to me. He's January 5th, 2017. That is the date we have been spending a lot of time talking about. Then you have the deputy director, national intelligence for intelligence interrogation. Uh, I'm sorry, integration, Michael Dempsey. Then you have the principal deputy director of national intelligence, Stephanie L. O'Sullivan. And look at this. Last but not least, January 12th, 2017, the guy that denied it this week on George Stephanopoulos's program, the vice president of the United States, Joe Biden. Now the questions remain for all these people on the list, starting with Barack and Joe. What did you know and when did you know it? And why was there a 300 percent increase in unmasking? And what was your involvement in all of this Russia, Russia, Russia conspiracy theory hoax? These questions now all need to be answered. And I've been told with my sources that both the attorney general and uh John Durham, it has all been relevant and something they've already known for quite some time. We'll see how this plays out. So now we know the unmaskers. Now we know who they are. Now we know that many of them lied. Let's go start with, now that we know that Joe Biden was one of the unmaskers, let's go to him answering George Stephanopoulos's question this very week, denying the truth. Your former Senate colleague, Charles Grassley, has added that Flynn was entrapped and asked on the Senate floor, what did Obama and Biden know? When did they know it? So what did you know about those moves to investigate uh, Michael Flynn? And was there anything improper done? I know nothing about those moves to investigate Michael Flynn, number one. Number two, this is all about diversion. This is a game this guy plays all the time. The country is in crisis. We're in an economic crisis, a health crisis. I know nothing about it, he said. Samantha Powers, why would a U.N. ambassador ever be requesting, what, six unmaskings just in this limited time period? Well, here's her answer on the unmasking request in 2016. And we know from her sworn testimony released last week that she said, I never made these requests. Hear her in this is this goes back to 2016. I wanted to ask you a follow-up question I didn't get to ask during the ceremony about the Russia probe right now. Why did you decide to unmask so many individuals in 2016? Was it, gonna, was it's it false? I wanted you to clear yeah. the record. What? Why is Thank it you, false? Excuse me, I'm trying to talk to... Why, I'm just asking why it was completely false. false. It's not false. She's lying. Now we are doing a deep dive dig. We should have it by the time we're on Hannity tonight for every single person on the... This is, by the way, this is only General Flynn. This is only from Election Day 2016, November 8th through January 31st, 2017. This is a tiny period of time. We had been telling you about this dramatic increase in unmaskings, and it's all tied to the, yeah, uh, attempt 
to prevent Donald Trump from getting elected, and then the insurance policy, a soft coup. 800-941-SHAWN, toll-free telephone number. There's a link to it, uh, Uncle James. Thank you very much. Um, Now, I want to just focus in on where we are here. If you're just joining us, in response to a request by Senator Charles Grassley and Senator Ron Johnson, uh, the uh, director of the National Intelligence, Rick Grinnell, declassified the enclosed document. The document gives the list of people that were involved in the unmasking of General Flynn. It's a limited time period. It's Election Day 2016, November the 8th through January uh, 31st of 2017. We have six separate, well, actually seven requests by the ambassador to the United Nations, Samantha Power. We have three separate requests from James Clapper. We have two separate requests from John Brennan. Now, there are many others, names you probably won't know. A lot of people in the Treasury Department, starting with the Secretary of the Treasuries, uh, had a couple of requests himself, Jacob Liu. Not sure what that's about. Just like the, you know, all these undersecretaries, NATO undersecretaries, etc. It gets a little weird, odd, and strange from my liking. We have the director of the FBI himself, James Comey, requesting the unmasking of General Flynn. Uh, we have ambassadors, we have other people, and then we have, well, let's see. Oh, Dennis McDonough, the chief of staff to Barack Obama. And we have, oh, the director of national intelligence for intelligence integration, Mike Dempsey. And we have, oh, the guy that denied it this very week, Joe Biden. Your former Senate colleague Charles Grassley has added that Flynn was entrapped and asked on the Senate floor, what did Obama and Biden know? When did they know it? So what did you know about those moves to investigate uh, Michael Flynn? And was there anything improper done? I know nothing about those moves to investigate Michael Flynn, number one. Number two, this is all about diversion. This is a game this guy plays all the time. The country is in crisis. We're in an economic crisis, a health right, crisis. Stop. This isn't important. Let's go back to the question. And Joe, uh, uh, I have, you know, he has to answer the question. Now we know Joe Biden as vice president eight days before he left his office January 12th, 2017, requested the unmasking of General Flynn. We also know that on January 5th, the day of the infamous meeting, the chief of staff to President Barack Hussein Obama, Dennis McDonough, requested the unmasking of General Michael Flynn. And we have all the requests of Samantha Powers and Clapper and Brennan and Jacob Blue and and so many other people involved in this it it takes your breath away let's listen to what joe's asked directly what involvement did you have in this none he says I, oh, listen your former senate colleague charles grassley has added that flynn was entrapped and asked on the senate floor what did obama and biden know when did they know it so what did you know about those moves to investigate uh, michael flynn and was there anything improper done I know nothing about those moves. Stop right there. What did you know about those moves? I know nothing about those moves. Joe is lying. He's lying through his teeth. Now it's time. Now it's game time. Now it's time to get to the truth. And it's time to hold people accountable. I can report this to you is that my sources say this has extreme, these are the words I received, relevance in the Durham investigation 
And that prosecutor Durham has already been looking into the unmasking. Now, how long have I been on this story? I always talk about my ensemble cast and we'll be checking in with John Solomon, justthenews.com. Greg Jarrett wrote two best-selling books. You know, it all started in March of 2017. March of 2017, all these Obama administration officials that were named, et cetera, et cetera. Now it's finally been released. We began getting into this in March of 2017. It was March of 2017 when John Solomon, Sarah Carter broke the story of unmaskings that they had grown 300 percent in the second term of Barack Obama. And a lot of it accelerated in the year leading up to the election. The fear then is now confirmed that the unmaskings were used to monitor political opponents. Now, everything else that we reported, think about this. Why did all these people have top people? Why did they have a legitimate need to see General Flynn's unmasked name in these reports? You know, why, what possible reason does Samantha Power have as a UN, U.S. ambassador to the U.N. to unmask anybody. Now, the, uh, the question there gets even more strange because now that we have the hidden transcripts of people under no oath like Clapper and Samantha Power and Susan Rice and others, we know that Samantha Powers was asked about this. She said, I, I never asked for 300 unmaskings. No, not at all. Okay, if she didn't do it, who was using her name to do it? Because that will become the next question that we need answered. It's the house of cards is beginning to tumble. And it's tumbling right on the heads of all these deep state actors. Now, if you look at Biden's role in this, he was among these officials denying it this week that he knew anything about it. I know it's going to happen. They're going to say, oh, he can't remember anything. Okay, well, that's not a defense. And I don't believe him anyway. Um, because the document composed of a list of recipients who received Lieutenant Flynn's identity. Now, there's, there's other points to this that you got to understand. You know, you got to remember this type of information on masking is, is literally so sensitive that, hang on a second, I got to send this text. It's important. Uh, on radio, it's a very big, important source. You know why this information is so sensitive, it is essentially hidden from the intel community itself. You don't ask to unmask an American citizen that you did not have a warrant to spy on. But that's what all of them were doing. Now you're asking yourself, well, why did they do it? Why was it General Flynn? I have my own theory on this. And I think they understood that General Flynn... Once he was national security advisor, was going to find all of this and expose all of them for what they did. Now, what did they do? Now, when we started this in March of 2017, as I've told you, it led to a lot of other things. You know, and this is where the mob and the media is so corrupt, so dishonest. They're they're nothing that, that this is beyond toilet paper dirt to me. I have no respect for the mob and the media because they missed the biggest abuse of power, corruption, scandal in the history of their lives. Good for me. I got to break all these stories and now we're being proven true yet again. Just like when the IG reports came out 
we got vindication. Here it is again. But the point is, they were Russia, Russia, stormy, stormy, asshole, asshole, you know, Ukraine, Ukraine, on and on and on. That they, But this is what we were digging into. Because Hillary Clinton, if Donald Trump had subpoenaed emails and he deleted them, and then he, and he hired somebody to wipe his hard drive clean with something called bleach pit, none of us ever heard of it, and have an aide bust up his iPhones and Blackberries with hammers and remove SIM cards, I guarantee you the mob and the media, the Democrats, would be screaming holy hell to arrest Donald Trump for obstruction of justice. Just like Hillary Clinton. She bought and paid for, I thought everyone cared about Russia, 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 Russian interference. Devin Nunes warned everybody about Russian interference in 2014. Biden, Obama did nothing to protect us from the hostile regime and the hostile actor that was Vladimir Putin. Tell Vladimir I'll have more flexibility after the election. Tell Vladimir. Right. So now that was done. Now we know we've learned a lot because of the reveal. What did we learn last week? We learned that John Podesta, in his particular case, he acknowledges both he and Hillary knew that op research was coming from Russia. Now, why did he admit it in this in the House Intelligence Committee hearings? Because he knew he was under oath and he was he's dumb, but he's not stupid. He's he's he plays the dark arts of politics, but he knows he would go to jail. And that was the first admission. Now we know Steele has erased his emails and any trace of it. But the worst part of this where it gets more nefarious, not only then we found out that Robbie Mook was given the bill by Fusion GPS. And how dumb was Robert Mueller? What's Fusion GPS? He didn't even know after the Mueller report came out. But Fusion GPS, remember, got the money that was funneled through a law firm, Perkins Coie, to hire Christopher Steele. Now, we also know that we didn't know and just until recently that the Clinton campaign and the DNC, both paying 50-50, according to Podesta's testimony, we, we know in their particular case, they're paying out this money. They know it's going towards Russian disinformation. And we figured out a long time ago, we all believe that they all knew that that means Russia was helping Hillary, not Donald Trump. And when the New York Toilet Paper Times finally admitted, way behind us, that it was likely Russian disinformation from the get-go, what do we learn then? Yeah, that they knew that they were feeding dirt to Christopher Steele to help Hillary and hurt Trump in the election. And a lot of it got leaked to the mob and the media, the conspiracy theorists like David Korn and Michael Isikoff. I mean, this is how deep. Now it gets even worse. Then you take what is an unverifiable bunch of Russian disinformation paid for by Hillary and the DNC coffers that she's controlling, according to Donna Brazil. And then that dossier becomes the basis of FISA applications where, number one, multiple warnings before the first warrant was signed that you don't trust Christopher Steele. He has a political agenda. It's unverified. And Hillary paid for it. It's political. Numerous warnings. So you have then then eventually when we finally get to the subsource of Christopher Steele in February of 2017, then we re- well, those interviews actually started on January 21st. The FBI knew January 21st to 31st that the subsource said that Steele's writings in this were garbage. Now, they had already signed two FISA applications again, unverifiable, says that the top of a FISA warrant verified. Then they signed him anyway. That would be James Comey. He signed three of the four. And then they used that as a predicate to spy on candidate Trump, transition team Trump, 
deep into the Trump presidency and that Rod Rosenstein signed the fourth one, even though they knew the subsource had confirmed three separate interviews starting January 21st, 2017. He's signing it, you know, let's see, October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August. He's signing this sucker in July uh, when they long knew six months ago that, in fact, nobody confirmed it and it's been debunked. And then he sends off a scope memo to Robert Mueller based on the faulty, you know, premeditated fraud, fraudulent Russian disinformation as the basis of the origins of the Russian witch hunt. And now we know Clapper was involved. Now we know that Comey was involved and Strzok and Page, they're minor players, and McCabe, and they all knew. And now we know that there was this January 5th, 2017 meeting, the day that, oh, Dennis McDonough is, is unmasking General Flynn, where you got all of them, Sally Yates, Comey, Clapper, Brennan, uh, and the re- Biden and Obama in the room. And this is where Sally Yates was shocked that, that Barack Obama knew all the details of the unmasked phone call of General Flynn. And he's asking questions there. And now we know why Susan Rice also at that meeting 15 days later on the day that Donald Trump is inaugurated, January 20th, 2017, is writing letter to self, self. Barack Obama said, do everything by the book. That was a CYA. You know why? Because they all knew. They knew the dossier was false. They never verified it. And they was, this is the insurance policy. Why did Strzok and Page talk about, well, the White House the, wants to be informed every step of the way? Why did they point out, well, if he ever does get elected, we have an insurance policy. Now we know what it is. And now the country has been brought to the precipice of 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 a of un, unprecedented breakdown because of this at leading into that idiot liar congenital liar shift and this Ukraine nonsense to be a democrat you have to be an i believer only if it's against a republican to be a democrat you have to be against obstruction of justice but not hillary's email and her server and her hammers and her bleach pit to be uh, a Democrat, you have to be all against Russian interference, but not Hillary's Russian disinformation uh, that was used as a basis to deny Americans their civil rights and liberties to spy on a presidential candidate, his transition team and his presidency in the hopes of bringing this man down and impeaching him. That's what happened. Now the question is, how do we hold them all accountable? We were right. The mob, the media, fake news, CNN. MSDNC, the New York Toilet Paper Times, the Washington Compost, they lied. They never, they missed the biggest story in their lives because they are nothing but state-run TV and state-run socialist papers of record. That's it. And they have an agenda. And their hope and prayer is that in 174 days, they have bloodied up Donald Trump with lies slander, smears, besmirchment, conspiracy theories, and hoaxes so that the American people don't elect the guy that did the best job we've seen in our generation as president. That's where we are. You're the ultimate jury. We lose this election, I'm telling you right now, live free or die. The title of my new book, which I'm just finishing hopefully this week, America and the world is on the brink here. Live free or America is going to die. But there's no pressure. 
800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Urging my former colleagues and, and frankly speaking, the people on the Hill, mm-hmm. I, it was more actually aimed, aimed at telling the Hill people, get as much information as you can, get as much intelligence as you can before President Obama leaves the administration. This is not uh, anything uh, political has, has been alleged. The allegation is that somehow uh, Obama administration officials uh, utilized intelligence for political purposes. That's absolutely false. Say, if the FBI, for instance, had a FISA court order of some sort for a surveillance, would that be information you would know or not know? Yes. You would be told this. I would know that. If there was a FISA court order yes. on something like this. Um, something like this, absolutely. And at this point, you can't confirm or deny whether that exists? I can deny it. There is no FISA court order? Not, not to my knowledge. Of no. anything at Trump Tower? No. You say there was a wiretap, that there was a wiretap of Russian agents, and that those Russian agents were communicating with Trump staff. That's why they were picked up. That's How do you what know the that? Intelligence community, that's what the intelligence community has told us. Uh, that's what's been reported very widely. Those are the facts. Uh, there is still no evidence that the president was wiretapped by his predecessor. Mr. Clapper and Ms. Yates, uh, did either of you ever request the unmasking of Mr. Trump, his associates, or any member of Congress? Um, yes, in, in uh, one case I did. At no time did I ever submit a request for personal or political purposes or to voyeuristically look at raw intelligence, nor am I aware of any instance of such abuse by anyone else. I was speaking to him and briefing him about some salacious and unverified material. Your former Senate colleague Charles Grassley has added that Flynn was entrapped and asked on the Senate floor, what did Obama and Biden know? When did they know it? So what did you know about those moves to investigate uh, Michael Flynn? And was there anything improper done? I know nothing about those moves to investigate Michael Flynn. That is Joe Biden lying. That is everybody else lying. Now we know. Now, there's a lot of people in here that it gets very, very interesting. People that sought to unmask General Flynn. This is only a short period of time. It's Election Day 2016 through January 31st, 2017. And you have a list of all of these people. Some you know, some you don't know. Why why would Samantha Powers uh, be requesting seven separate requests on the unmasking of General Flynn. Then you have the, the James Clapper. I don't, I don't know. I don't know any of this. When we get down deep into the, the, the core of all of this, how many people lied saying they didn't know when they were up to their eyeballs and doing it? The CIA director, John Brennan, is involved. Why the Treasury Secretary, Jacob Blue, uh, was involved? I, I can't explain any of that. James Comey was involved. So you got Comey. You got... Obama's chief of staff, McDonough, you've got Biden on, of all days, January 12th. Now, why is January 12th an important day? Because that just happened to be the date of the David Ignatius Washington Post column with the headline, Why Did Obama Dawdle on Russia's Hacking? Something's rotten in the state of Denmark, mutters blah, 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 after this week's salacious leaks. And then he goes through and question, did Trump's campaign encourage Russia's alleged hacking to hurt rival Hillary Clinton? Uh, Trump finally conceded at his news conference as far as hacking. I think it was Russia, but he insisted he had no dealings with Russia. Well, four investigations later, it turned out that he didn't have any anything to do with Russia. Now we're learning John Podesta 
and Robbie Mook and Hillary Clinton, they all knew about Fusion GPS, funneled money from Perkins Coie, hiring Christopher Steele, Russian information being sent to them. We didn't know that or confirm that until last week, although we'd been reporting on it. The FBI, other intelligence agencies had the dossier. They used that dossier, having been warned before the first signing in October of 2016 that it was unverified. We now know unverifiable. We know that they were warned not to use it. We know that Bruce Orr did it. Kathleen Kavlak warned them. We know that they were told repeatedly it's not verified, that Hillary paid for it, and that Christopher Steele hates Donald Trump. Now we know in the last two weeks, confirming what we've been reporting, that in fact they all knew that it was Russian disinformation, including Podesta, including Mook, including Hillary Clinton. Unbelievable. Uh, Now, the guys that help, uh, by the way, I just tweeted out, what did Obama, what did Barack and Joe know, and when did they know it? They now have to answer for this. Um, Anyway, we have uh, with us justthenews.com, John Solomon and Greg Jarrett, two best-selling books on this topic, including the last one, Witch Hunt. John, it was March of 2017. It was. You were on on my TV show. And the, was, this is yeah. when you got the ball rolling about, what, a 300% increase Obama's second term and the unmasking of American citizens. I've explained what yeah, unmasking is in the last increase, hour. increase from about 9,000 to 30,000 unmaskings uh, in the last uh, term of Obama. The, a massive explosion of unmasking the private identities of Americans who were intercepted in U.S. overseas phone calls. And the fear then was that this was being done to spy on political opponents. And remember what the Obama's team said, oh, no, no, that's silly, that's a Fox News conspiracy, blah, blah, blah. Well, guess what? Today we found out more than a dozen Obama administration officials uh, requested more than two dozen conversations involving Mike Flynn be unmasked in the final days while they were in office. They were monitoring their political opponent, trying to find out what he was doing, misusing their position of government authority and misusing the unmasking process for uh, inside the intelligence community. It's exactly what people feared. You know, Greg Jarrett, I mean, Samantha Powers, now that we have the release of these transcripts of the testimony before the House Intel Committee that Schiff has been hiding all this time, uh, first of all, we know he lied through his teeth because he was being told by all of these officials there's no evidence of Trump-Russia collusion, but Samantha Powers denied that she ever unmasked 300 people. We see seven separate requests to unmask General Flynn here from her. There's two other dates that stand out in my mind. January 5th, that's the day of the Oval Office meeting with Obama, where Sally Yates uh, became shocked and became aware that Obama knew all about the transcript with Flynn and his soon-to-be Russian counterpart. She was shocked by that. And then January 12th, the day of the David Ignatius column, is also the day that right. Joe Biden, who just denied this week ever knowing anything about it, uh, he made his own special unmasking request eight days before they left office. But I would say, based on the timeline of events, that Biden and Dennis McDonough are out as the unmaskers. They, they, they did not do the unmasking but because the FBI already had unmasked uh, the name of General Flynn before January 5th. It's pretty clear the evidence indicates that Peter Strzok reopened the investigation the day before because they'd unmasked, uh, somebody had unmasked. Well, then why did they request it again? Well, we don't know that they requested it again. These are unmaskings that may deal with other individuals. These are unmasking requests. I would also eliminate uh, John Brennan, the CIA director, James Comey, 
the FBI director, because their requests occurred before the Kislyak Flynn well, conversation. Let, I wanna, let me just wait, slow wait you down which here. Was Janu- uh, which hang, was hang on one second. Greg, 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 this is an important question, because in the letter, you know, that was sent out by Rick Rennell, uh that the memorandum for, from the director of national intelligence signed by Paul uh, Naxoni, who is a, a general U.S. Army director, he specifically said that per their request May 3rd, 2020, on providing the list of identities of any officials who submitted a request to the NSA at any point between the 8th of November 2016, the 31st of January 2017, to unmask the identity of former NSA a National Security Advisor Lieutenant General Flynn. Right. They're saying this has to do with Flynn. They're well, not saying this has to do with anyone else. These yeah, are all but, requests for Flynn, is my interpretation. We, but that doesn't necessarily mean it was the Flynn-Kislyak conversation. So the reason I, I say it's not Comey and it's not uh, Brennan is because their requests predate the Kislyak Flynn conversation of December 29, 2016. So they so were looking out. for so, other information. So, okay, yes. we're, we're not disagreeing. Right. No, no, we're not disagreeing. But so, you know, among those individuals, it would be Samantha Power. It would be potentially James Clapper, who is a prodigious leaker. He leaked uh, the dossier. I doubt it's McDonough and Biden because, you know, the unmasking had already occurred. So, you know, if I had to make a guess, you know, probably Clapper. But look, this list, as you correctly point out, Sean, identifies a concerted effort by Obama administration officials to unmask Flynn every time he went to the bathroom. I mean, everything he did, they were monitoring and unmasking him. What do you glean from this list, John Solomon? Well, it's the, it's the fear that everybody had that when, as, as Obama kept loosening up the rules on who could get access to uh, classified intelligence and specifically NSA intercepts, that it would just become more widespread, more wide practice that, oh, my God, we lost the election. This guy, Mike Flynn's coming in. We're nervous about the policy. He might go. He might cancel our Iran deal. We better monitor everything he's doing. And if this unmasking matches the timeline, which it appears to, the get Flynn operation, what they're doing is they're listening into Flynn for a period of time, going November, December into early January. They become scared about the policy positions he might be having or discussing. And then because the FBI can't charge him with a crime because he didn't commit one, they hatch a plot to get rid of this guy. The unmaskings, the leakings, and the whole FBI investigation flip-flop. But hang on a second. Isn't a it broader line. than it's a that? get Flynn timeline. Isn't it broader than that? Because isn't this all part of the origins of the w- Russian witch hunt? I of mean, course, because yeah, it, it, well, that's going on since July. But Flynn really picks up in December, right? It's pretty clear that Flynn has a bullseye on his back starting in December. And what is the likely scenario? The way I would look at this and go about reporting now is: Were the uh, Obama administration officials becoming more and more concerned that Flynn was going to undo the Obama policies, and were they looking for a way to take him out? And then, in the and in addition to that, they'd have the bonus of extending the bogus Russia collusion story. I have a more cynical take on it. Uh, Greg Jarrett, and and I don't think John is wrong, but I also think that a motivation of theirs was a fear, and that was that Flynn was going to discover all of this and expose them. Oh, I think you're 100% correct. I think that was the primary motive, that, you know, they knew that this is a general 
who was already an official in the intelligence community under the Obama administration. So he knew the ways of intel, and they knew that he would quickly discover uh, this dishonest and corrupt investigation of Trump uh, and blow the whistle. And so, you know, this is a concerted effort uh, to get Flynn. And look at all these people who are unmasking everything Flynn does, not just the Kislyak-Flynn conversation, Sean, but as you point out, um, it had to be other conversations because these requests predate the Kislyak-Flynn uh, conversation. So, you know, this was, it looks like a conspiracy to get yep. Flynn, and in the end, uh, they, you know, they succeeded. Sounds like an insurance life. policy to me. <laughs> Sounds like what the White House wanted to be made aware of every step of the way to me. All right. Now, the question when we get back for uh, John Solomon and Greg Jarrett, what did Obama, what did Barack and Joe know? And when did they know it? We'll get to that on the other side. As we continue, John Solomon, JustTheNews.com and best-selling author Greg Jarrett. All right. Now we bring this right into the office of Barack Hussein Obama. And Joe Biden did some of the unmasking requests. What does that mean to you, Greg Jarrett? What needs to happen next? Well, uh, whoever leaked uh, the Kislyak-Flynn conversation to the media committed a crime. You cannot uh, leak classified information. Uh, That is a federal uh, felony offense. So among the people on the list, uh, we need to find out who committed the crime. And so I, I, I think that is going to be the focus of John Durham. Uh, but as you pointed out, there are th- there's this group of Obama administration officials who are seeking to unmask every conversation Flynn had the moment he picked up the phone with anybody. So that strikes me as a conspiracy uh, to deprive him of his constitutional rights. Uh, there may be a conspiracy to obstruct justice, to commit fraud. So these are all things I think Durham will look at. John Solomon. I think Greg has it right, as he always does. Here's what I think is going to happen next. Durham may have already done this, but I think if you're Durham, if you're Senators Ron Johnson and Grassley, who have the ongoing investigation, if you're Senator Lindsey Graham, who's always threatening to have an investigation, you subpoena the Obama archives right now, and you find out what each of these officials did with this Flynn information. What were they doing just before and just after they unmasked the Flynn call? What were they writing after the call? Because there's a time continuum here, and it's all part of a conspiracy. And if there was a Get Flynn campaign that maybe began when President Obama told President Trump, I don't like Flynn, you should get rid of him, that maybe that conspiracy is going to be played out in many little events that lead up to the FBI coming up with a false uh, FBI investigation. Unbelievable. Uh, I think this is all part of the broader conspiracy of what we know Struck and Page were texting about. And it explains a lot. It fills in a lot of holes here. And my source is telling me uh, Durham will find these things relevant. And it has already been looking into the illegal spying, unmasking, leaking of raw intelligence uh, to uh, people. And that now that we know that Hillary knew a lot more about where this information and people around her knew where this information was coming with Russia, it looks like Russia really favored Hillary over Trump. What a boomerang. Thank you both. Great work. John Solomon, Greg Jarrett. When we come back, okay, poll numbers looking good for Donald Trump. We'll tell you next. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour, 174 days until Election Day. And uh, we have some fake news CNN polling that has come out here. 
Uh, and uh, we see that, um, well, according to them, and they always over poll Democrats over Republicans, they say Biden has a lead over Trump at five points. Trump has an edge in the critical battleground states that could decide the Electoral College. For CNN to admit this is a battle cry. And trust me, they did not want to admit this. We know who they are. We know that they're not to be trusted. Um, but if it's 5146 and the president's been going up in every poll recently, uh, I saw polls yesterday. They were dead even. But in the again, in the swing states, uh, Trump has the edge. And you got to remember during these elections, what do I always say? For a Republican to win, you got to thread the needle. You got to win Florida. You got to win Ohio. You got to pick up Georgia's demographics are changing. North Carolina's demographics are changing. Texas, they're trying to change. Who did I read? I guess it was Mike Bloomberg spending millions to try and flip Texas blue. Uh, then you've got to pick up Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, Minnesota, some combination therein. You got to make a play out in on the West Coast for Nevada, uh, New Mexico, Arizona is always iffy at times, uh, New Hampshire. Uh, the second district of um, congressional district of Maine. Uh, anyway, according to this, if you look at, for example, where they are, if Trump's biggest advantage in the poll comes over his handling of the economy, 54 percent trust the president to better handle the nation's economy. Forty two percent prefer Biden. Uh, if you compare their records, which will happen in the next 174 days, uh, it will be interesting to watch. This is a joke, this question. Voters divide over uh, the two, which who has the best sharpness and stamina to be president, Trump 49-46. I'm not sure who that 46% is, but that 46% scares me. Um, if you look at the swing states, which matter the most, uh, that's where you see that the president has the bigger advantage. Um, but I don't know if we can poll anything accurately at this point in time. That's why we have our pollsters, John McLaughlin, Matt Towery, Scott Rasmussen. Uh, Scott, I didn't see your poll today. Where's your poll today? Well, right now we actually show the overall numbers very close to where CNN's top line is. We have uh, Joe Biden up by six points among registered voters, but those who are most interested in the election are uh, more enthusiastic about the president. And so what that tells me is if the election was held today, uh, we would be talking about three states, uh, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin. Uh, I'm skeptical of the CNN poll showing the president up by seven in those states, partly because it's got to be a really small sample, um, you know, so it's not worth paying a lot of attention to. Uh, but the reality, you know, you outlined it. The president has to win Florida. He has to win Ohio and he has to do well in a couple of these other states. Ultimately, more than any of these particular polls about what the race looks like today, it's how we reopen America that will determine this presidential election. I've been saying this, Matt Towery, to friends now for a while. What likely what likely will be the driving force that ultimately determines victory. That event probably has not happened yet. And I think a lot of it, America is about to ha be shocked to the core with second quarter numbers. And that would be April, May, June numbers, GDP numbers that are going to be a disaster. We all know that the country shut down. Uh, I don't think the president gets the credit he deserves for the largest and fastest medical mobilization in the history of the world, uh, where de and he bailed out states like New York because they were totally ill-prepared. 
Uh, then I look at these main states that Scott's talking about, and where do you where do you see it at this point? Well, I see a couple of things. For one thing, Sean, I think we I don't have the the actual um, evidence right now, but I can tell you intuitively that in states such as New York, uh, California, some of the other states in the Northeast, where uh, of course New York's probably an exception because they had such a tough time, but let's let's say Pennsylvania is a good example. The frustration among these voters. Um, and these people who can't get back out and can't start their businesses up again is growing every single day. I'm in Florida. Florida's done a great job. The people down here are very Best happy in the, country. the way it's going. It's been incredible. And quite frankly, to give some credit to Brian Kemp in Georgia, Georgia opened early, and they're doing well as, as also. So the hey, listen, I, I, I'm falling on the sword. I was very skeptical of how you can open up salons until I saw the plexiglass and the social distancing and the masks worn and the gloves worn, and I said, wow, that's going to work. Well, his problem was one of messaging. He talked about tattoo parlors and stuff. That was just a mistake. But what has happened in these red states is that they are opening – their, their infection rates are not increasing substantially, unlike what we were told would happen. There may be some hot spots. We'll wait and see. But there's a big difference between the red states that seem to be happily opening up and keeping the economy going and these blue states where I believe their voters are becoming increasingly frustrated. And if you get a marginal state like a Pennsylvania, this will blow in Trump's direction in the end. That's, that's my opinion. What do you think, uh, John McLaughlin? I don't think... I think the media was exaggerating. Uh, they wanted to hope that the president was in big trouble, and they were using the crisis against him. But the reality of this is the president's been very steady, and he's and, and the polls that are out there that are reliable, they've had it very close regardless. And most Americans, we're watching what's going on as far as the economic recovery, how the president keeps us open safely and, and reopens America. And now Joe Biden's emerging. So the idea that Joe Biden might be coming out in the basement, I mean, he's a very weak candidate for the Democrats, and there's no enthusiasm. Let's look at the results uh, in elections that many people didn't pay attention to, and that is the California 25th uh, district, which I I found very, very interesting, Uh, and the Wisconsin 7th uh, uh, victory by Republicans. This all happened yesterday. Uh, This guy, Mike Garcia, taking over Katie Hill's uh, spot it looks like in Congress in that district, the 25th district. It's the first Republican in 22 years to claw back a seat from the Democrats in California. And it's interesting because even Gavin Newsom tried to open up his everything else is closed, but he opened up new polling places just to help uh, in Democratic, uh, more Democratic parts of the district. Uh, what do you make of those two? victories because my interpretation is is that whatever momentum democrats might have had in 2018 would be gone scott you know sean you know when you talk about these things uh, i always offer the caution that people attach too much uh you know excitement to special elections but these do cut against the narrative that somehow this is all a disaster for the president and for the republicans something is going on out there matt mentioned people who are anxious to to get back out to work. Uh, We did a poll the other day and found that 60% of voters, 6 out of 10, believe that all businesses should be allowed to reopen now as long as they practice some uh, safety protocols. Only 26% are opposed. This is not the narrative we're hearing. I think that's feeding into some of these special election results. Um, And I think it's, it's a larger problem for the Democrats in the sense that uh, 
we are not able to sustain these lockdowns. They are not a popular uh, response, and there is no plan in some of the de- – I live in New York City. There's no plan here to reopen the city uh, anytime soon, and that is a problem in, in creating increasing levels of frustration. So I think if you begin to look at the dynamics of – I think we've passed a tipping point. Voters are saying, okay – a week or two of a lockdown may have been okay to get us past the initial surge of this. Certainly in New York, it was it was well received. But now let's get back to the business of making America work. And I think people are are looking to a different kind of leadership for that. We have a couple of issues emerging on Biden. One is he's rec- recruiting AOC uh casio cortez to serve on a climate change panel uh and he's working with bernie sanders he said uh john mclaughlin number two on monday with george stephanopoulos biden denied any knowledge of the flynn case uh and then uh it turns out today that he was one of the people that requested the unmasking of general flynn on eight days before he left office as vice president uh that might be a problem for him uh, his problems with China and his problems with, you know, promising illegal immigrants a pathway to citizenship and even suggesting that um, Obama, you know, he regretted what they did in the Obama years to illegal immigrants. Yeah, I mean, this is what I, what I mentioned before. Now Joe Biden is the candidate. The Democrats are finding out about him. And there's, there's, there's going to be buyer's remorse among the Democrats because there's no enthusiasm for him. And when you ask voters... Do you want him to be the one to lead us to help the economy recover? No way. Do you want him to be the one to help prevent the spread of coronavirus? No. And it's, and the President Trump is getting the credit for what's being done. And in California, which is a real election, and the first time in decades that we flipped the seat from Democrat to Republican in California, they basically, the mayor held up announcing that he was going to shut the city of L.A. down until August. He held that till right you know, just when it's too late that the voters will react. And as of today, the last numbers I saw, Garcia was up by 12 points. It's not even close. So uh, Donald Trump is the way to get elected. And any never-Trumpers who want to distance himself making a big mistake. I don't see that. Um, I mean, Biden is sheltering in place, uh, uh, Scott. And, and every time he goes on and does one of his stupid virtual town halls, he looks dumber than the last one. Uh, even this week, another disaster. Am I on? Then he walks to the camera, takes off his aviator sunglasses. I mean, it just looks so contrived and fake and phony. And this guy, he's he's not been pushed. He's not been stretched at all or challenged in any way. And he seems to do best when he's hiding. At some point, doesn't he have to come out of his basement? Well, at some point, he will have to come out of his basement. And the notion, I, I can't even imagine what a debate between the two candidates will look like. Uh, in terms of energy level, in terms of focusing on issues and everything else. Uh, you know, look, there is, John mentioned buyer's remorse. Uh, 35% of voters say it's still at least somewhat likely Biden is going to be replaced at, as the nominee, and that includes 28% of Democrats. That speaks to a tremendous lack of okay, so then that about could, this nominee. That raises the question. Do you think he gets replaced you think there's a chance scott rasmussen then uh matt then john it is a difficult uh thing to replace him for one reason that reason is bernie sanders because a lot of democrats say oh we need somebody like governor cuomo or whoever else 
if you take the nomination away from Joe Biden and do not give it to Bernie Sanders, the Bernie bros are just going to just leave and create a civil war within the Democratic Party. So I don't think it's going to happen, but I think it's going to be an ongoing issue. Matt, what if Jill Biden's Jill, his wife, says, uh, well, you know, I just don't think my husband's up to it. What happens then? I think it becomes a shift show. Well, I think it would be a mess. You know, uh, Scott makes a very good point about the Bernie Sanders group, but probably the, the, the deft way for them to do it would be for Biden to get the nomination. And after he gets the nomination, at some point there, quickly thereafter, have to bow out. Then your vice presidential nominee would likely become your presidential nominee, and that person is going to be an Obama-approved person. I can guarantee you that. So that, that's probably the only way they could pull it off. And I know there are a lot of rules in DNC I don't know about. I'm not sure they could do it prior to that, and maybe they couldn't do it after that. I do think this, though. I think that Biden is going to increasingly – right now the public's not focused, Scott. We're, we're worried about a pandemic. We're worried about our own livelihood and our, our safety. When we start focusing on these candidates and they really see how weak Biden is, that's when the Democrats are going to start to really panic. What do you think, John? Could it happen? I don't think so, because as Scott already mentioned, if they try to take it away from Biden, and he won't have the delegates till like June 3rd. But if they try to take it away, Bernie's going to demand it. And the reason they replaced Bernie with Biden was because they thought that Sanders would lose to Trump. And now they're going to find themselves... Donald Trump's going to beat whomever they put up. Yeah, well, I mean, if they pull that, I can imagine the Bernie people losing their minds. Although, you know what? I think I was more upset at what had happened uh, to Bernie Sanders in 2016 than Bernie was. But anyway, well, thank you both. Thank you all. Uh, Matt Towery, John McLaughlin, Scott Rasmussen. We'll continue to follow the polls as they go. Stay right here for our final news roundup and information overload. All right, News Roundup and Information Overload Hour, Sean Hannity Show. Simple man, BillOReilly.com, all things Bill O'Reilly. Sir, how are you? Uh, Did you get a chance to read the uh, manuscript known as the $3 trillion extreme radical socialist, no COVID relief hardly at all, Bill of the Democrats, sir? See, I have people reading it for me. And then they Stop. All right, slow down. Now, if you claim to be, which I laugh at, the idea that you think you're a simple man, I I think you're very complex. If you claim to be a simple man, how do you talk about my people read it for me? What what does my people read it for me? They're simple people. It's like a club. (laughs) Oh, so you have simple people work for you. If they they do the work for you, then it's simple on your part. I got it. That's very simple. Yeah, they break it down in a simple way so I can tell you. (laughs) <laughs> exactly uh, what's in it. Um, I have to be honest, I didn't read the whole bill because I, I'm doing stuff, but uh, I did get the gist of it. And um, there are very interesting things in this bill that no one will, real, will get to see because Americans don't get to see all of that, and the media will never report on it. The first one is illegal immigration. The bill gives uh, a temporary protection from deportation to just about every illegal worker in the United States during the pandemic, but it doesn't say when the pandemic ends. So as long as there's one case in America of COVID, the protection from deportation exists. And the reason that the Democratic Party wants this, it's a total Democrat bill, and it's not going to get passed, by the way. 
So we're just talking why Nancy Pelosi and her fun friends did this. It's not going to get passed. Um, they did it because they are close, the Democratic Party is close, to uh, permanently establishing a power base in this country. And let me, let me prove that to you. Here in New York, where Hannity and I live, there is no Republican Party to speak of. And the reason is because 45% of all the workers in New York City, population 8.5 million, are foreign nationals born abroad. In the largest county in the country, L.A. County, 45% of the population is foreign-born. And because those two places, L.A. and New York, overwhelm their states, the states are now one party. So a Republican running for president will never carry California or New York again. So all the Democrats have to do is flip Texas and Florida into the blue category, and we have a one-party country. And you do that by flooding the zone with foreign nationals which is why the open border movement has gained traction in the Democratic Party, and this crazy virus bill contains this unbelievable stuff about illegal aliens. I think you've hit on a lot of truth, and that is I think Democrats have, they have thought and figured out, which is, you know, now it, it, it bodes into the sanctuary city, sanctuary state of California, yep. uh, you know, you know, billions of dollars every year, on health care, the educational system, the criminal justice system that the country is paying out, these states in particular. Um, but you see a mass migration also, Bill, out of states like California, New York, New Jersey, Illinois. Um, and I don't care if people leave. I think we're two of the dumbest human beings on earth because we stay here. I think well, we should pack our you, bags you and get the hell out of here. On that one, Hannity. Look, the people. No, who are no, no, Bill. New Bill, you're, you're, you're being dumb. You are being fiscally well, stupid staying here. I, I like to see. I like to say it's loyal. I was born in loyal. Loyal, loyal to what? I have Lo Andrew Cuomo on tape ripping All conservatives. Right. Their problem is not me and the Democrats. Their problem is themselves. Who are they? Are they these extreme conservatives? who are right to life, a pro-assault weapon, anti-gay, is that who they are? Because if that's who they are, and if they are the extreme conservatives, they have no place in the state of New York. I don't mind. Here's my rules for coming into the country. And I think, look, the president's going to have, and he got it done, and it was a heavy lift, and he had no help even from a lot of Republicans, but he's going to have a, a, about 400 to 450 new miles of wall built by, by Election Day. And I think that it, the, my reasons are maybe different from yours. Number one, I think after coronavirus, we got to look at health concerns. There should be a health check. I think number two, I think people have to show that they can sustain themselves if if they get, you know, if they're allowed to come in the country. Uh, I think we need to do background checks on anybody that comes into the country to make sure that they don't have any radical ties. And if you do those things and you we allow X number of people in a year, um, uh, welcome to our family, Bill. I have no problems yeah, you with could, that. You could have a fair immigration law, that's for sure. But if Trump loses in November... And Biden or another Democrat is uh, in office, that wall is going to get torn down. 
The Democratic Party wants open borders. People should understand that. They don't want any limits of foreign nationals coming to the United States. Can I well, go you on do, to you do know what, let me just stand this for one second. You do know what, what Joe Biden said on this, because Biden now is on the record. And by the way, he's still planning to stay home with his virtual campaign, which is ridiculous. He has promised a pathway to citizenship for all illegal immigrants. He also at one point acknowledged the pain caused by Obama era deportations. And he promised the illegal immigrants a pathway to citizenship. He did that after the Super Tuesday. So we know where he's going to go up against a progressive radical leftist. Never. So if you if you vote for Joe Biden, you're voting for George Soros. That's who you're voting for. And that is my perfect segue into this other unbelievable thing in the Pelosi and her fun friends coronavirus bill. It eliminates the tax cuts in, and, uh, on salt, the state and local taxed uh, thing that Trump put in. Now, this punishes the wealthy. So Donald Trump punished his own people by limiting... Uh, the amount of tax you can deduct from your federal returns for wealthy people who have a number of homes because they have to pay stay in local taxes on the homes. Talk about being crazy. In New York, where Hannity and I live, we pay the highest taxes in the union. And on Long Island, where we both live, we're paying insane property taxes. Well, we can only write off 10000 and why do you disagree with me that we're stupid? I think we're okay. dumb. Both. Well, um, by the way, I'm, I'll put I'm me loyal. at the top of the list. I am I'm dumb loyal. to stay here. I'm a loyal here. guy. I, that who, 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 stupidity. So hold on a second. Who are you being loyal to by staying here and giving up 20% of your income? Who? For my ancestors. They want Your ancestors. Yeah. They, they, your ancestors are screaming from heaven above, <laughs> Bill, get the hell <laughs> out of there. I don't know if all of them are in heaven, but some of them are. But... but <laughs> Anyway, Pelosi puts in the coronavirus bill that we're knocking this out and we're going to let the richest people in America who have 18 homes deduct as much as they want from their state and local taxes. Bernie Sanders, where are you? Did you hear that? uh... Where are you? Why is she doing this, Hannity? Why is she doing this? Do you know why? Well, why don't you answer your own question? I won't right. even bother. Go ahead. Okay. Simple man. Who are the big donors to Biden? It's Soros and his crew, the Hollywood people, the Georgetown, D.C. people, the Manhattan people, all of whom have six, seven homes. That's where the big money's coming from. She's sopping them. Let me tell you because one other makes thing. no sense to Did any you not- progressive platform. All right, so you're talking about the bill. We've gone over all the details. You found a couple of things I didn't find. We, we, we have found a long list. But, mm-hmm. And we've talked about the illegal immigration issue, and we talked about demographic, demographic shifting and turning. Um, I think the next thing, look at what Biden is now considering. He's considering bringing Ocasio-Cortez on board to be his environmental... <laughs> of uh, course. Guru, I got the tape. Let me play it for you. And I'm working with Bernie and uh, and with his people. And so and we've made some changes. We've listened to uh, the Bernie supporters. And, you know, for example, uh, we have, uh, um, you know, uh, a a congresswoman or Casio Cortez. She is on one of the panels as well. And so I think we're having we're going to have a very united party.
Okay, there's your United Party bill, the United she Socialist States of America. Know who she is? He doesn't even know who the Congresswoman is. This is. I'm trying to get this word out. I don't have anything against Joe Biden except that he never would come on the factor ever, ever. And he told me left. He goes, I'm not going up against you. I saw him at a correspondence dinner in Washington, and that was, I don't know, 10 years ago. He told me but, he'd come on my show, too, Bill. I, I had one of my producers see him on the beach in New Jersey in the shore, and I talked to him, and he said, no, oh, I'll come on your show. No, he's not he coming never on. did. But no. he told me he wouldn't. Uh, but anyway... That's because you're, that, you know why? Because you're meaner than I am. I am so much meaner. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm simpler than you. That should have attracted oh him, but it didn't. You know, didn't. You know what? You know, we need, you know, remember you used to have uh, no spin zone, like doormats and all this crap. Yeah, I still got them. Okay. All right. Well, you know, people like them. I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah. I, lo I like your books. But let me put it this way. Or uh, I think you need a BillOReilly.com Simple Man t-shirt. I, I like it. Um, uh, we may do the Simple Man Tour, and I want you to at least come to one of them. <laughs> I'm not simple um, enough, Bill. I, I'm going to show up. I'm, I'm too complicated, I, apparently, uh, because I'm <laughs> stupid enough to actually read this crap myself, and you're simple enough to have other people do it for you. Your people and do it for you. And they got stuff that you missed. My simple <laughs> crew got stuff that you missed. You know, hey, look, but I want to oh. say one more thing about Biden. Biden doesn't make any calls. He doesn't make any calls. He's told what to say and what to do. And this is what people have to understand, that you're not voting for a guy. You're voting for a progressive system that will run wild. Understand that. Hey, Bill, let me tell you what it also means. Look what they did to Stone, Roger Stone. Look what they're doing to General Flynn. What this judge is doing is a disgrace. Uh, the unmasking of all all the unmaskings that took place in the final year of Obama's administration. Obama having a meeting on January 5th, uh, knowing, as we now know, that uh, you know the, about the phone call with, with General Flynn where he was unmasked. We now know who the unmaskers are. And, Bill, it's not going to be a matter of what state we're going to move to. It's going to be back to Ireland or someplace else. Because it'll become it unsustainable for a conservative. This is now lawlessness, Bill. This is if now the shredding Democratic the Constitution. Party wins the presidency and the Senate, this country vanishes. And I'm not saying that with any hyperbole. It vanishes. The America that you knew and hopefully respected, evaporates. We That's what's at stake in 174 days. You know, know. at the bottom, I sent you a copy of my book cover, and at the bottom of it, it's Live Free or Die, America and the World on the Brink. That's not hyperbole either. But I have at the bottom in Latin, Live Free or America Dies. In Latin, That's what's at very stake. impressive. Where's my copy? I sent you a free copy of I, To be honest, I am, I am literally not it? sleeping because I'm keeping this book up to date, and I have like four more days, and then i got to hand the final transcript in. You should have ran it by me. I mean, I, I, you should because if it gets too complicated, Bill, I, I swore I wouldn't do this again. I, you, you're I the book writer. I hate writing books. It's too hard <laughs> to write books. It's 10 years since I've written a book, but I feel I, I had to lay it out in all its dramatic detail. What is at stake here? 
And Bill, right, to yeah. me, it's a dire moment for the country, but you have to stay stand by. All right, final moments, BillOReilly.com uh, for all things Simple Man O'Reilly. Do you like my idea? It's going to be Simple Man BillOReilly.com and, and maybe put like an American flag in a picture of you holding up the torch of liberty. Yeah, I don't know about the picture of me. I'm getting old. But, Hanny, look, your book comes out in August, right? Yes, sir. I got a proposition for you. Mm-hmm. I'll interview you for 45 minutes. I'll pay for the camera crews, all right? And then you can use that interview wherever you want. I'll put it on BillOReilly.com, but it's not going to be a cupcake. I'm shaking in my boots, Bill. I'm going to sit. You know, I'm just going to sit there and just call you a simple man the whole time. That's how I'll answer your <laughs> questions. All right. Oh, thank you, man, sir. Oh, man, you're going to love this interview. Hannity. <laughs> Hannity. All right. Now, I'm a simple man. What do you mean? I'm like, all right. I, these, this, I could do that interview in my sleep, Bill. God bless you. Uh, BillOReilly.com. All right. All right quick, thanks. Quick break. Me. When we come back, Burgess Owens, how do we open the NFL? First, got to get the MLB open. He'll explain straight ahead. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour, toll-free. It is 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this extravaganza? Well, we have a big article in the New York Post today about opening up baseball. Now, there's a plan put together by owners. Now, the Players Union has got to sign off on it. How do you do it? How do you do it safely? I have talked at length about temperature-taking turnstiles. Literally, just walk through, takes your temperature. Your temperature's high, you get pulled aside. You get told, here's a link when you want tickets to another game. We'll give you better tickets if your temperature's up. Here's what you do. Our advice, go see your doctor. Uh, Here's how you protect your family until you know the results of your COVID-19 test. And here's what contact tracing means and what it is all about. That's how you do it. It's not that complicated. It can be done. Then, you you know, everybody that goes to a stadium, I would suggest wear the mask. Why do you, well, Hannity, why are you so obsessed with everybody wearing masks? Because it worked in New York. That's why. Because the guys that were stocking the store shelves that I keep talking about and that I put on on Monday, you know, they wore masks and I saw them every week when I went grocery shopping and the same when I went to my drugstore and none of them got sick. So it's working. All right. Maybe you're not doing it for yourself. You're young. You're healthy. No underlying conditions. You don't have a compromised immune system. Okay. We need the country open. It will be a great big step towards normalcy if we can open up stadiums for baseball, football, concerts. I'd even put the NHL, let them play outdoors at stadiums if need be. And the same with the NBA. You can heat the floors and heat the whole area around where the players are. I'd I'd go sit in the crowd and wear a mask. I don't care. Anyway, helping us uh, sort through this, former NFL player, by the way, Super Bowl winner with the Oakland Raiders, now a candidate for Congress in Utah's 4th Congressional District. I would love to see him get elected out there. Uh, and by the way, it would be a seat that would be win it back for the Republicans after the 2018 election of this Democratic radical, Ben McAdams. Uh, Burgess Owens is back with us. How are you, sir? Sean, I'm doing great. And, uh, and you nailed it. I think uh, as we go through this process, we're realizing it is imperative we get the House back. And thank goodness I'm part of the district. I'll be part of that. We're between one and three, a must-have at both sides. So for those who across our country want our, our country to get back on pace and take it from the, the, the leftist that's trying to uh, destroy our economies, destroy our, our middle class, BurgessForUtah.com, please support me during our primary so we can go out there and, and win this thing back with Ben McAdams. We'd love to have your support. It seems at this point, the battle, the war, the conflict is Democrats under no condition seem to want to open up the country and open it up safely. But Burgess, I would argue that we've learned a lot. 
if you protect the elderly, those like they that the elderly that were protected in Florida, the way Governor DeSantis did, um, and you don't treat them the way New York did and, and put COVID-19 patients in nursing homes and long-term care facilities, if you protect the elderly, if people wear masks, because I sat in the middle of this shift show in New York and Long Island the whole time, and I went out and about, and those that wore masks didn't get sick that I saw, uh, then it seems like we can learn the lessons of what to do and what not to do, but it seems that the crucial component in this is protecting older people and for any rebound that may occur the reason why you want young healthy people to wear masks also out in public is so that they don't get it and bring it to grandma grandpa or their elderly mom and dad well sean you just used a little bit of critical thinking which is not what the leftist is uh, wants us to do well, i think we have to dig in deeper I understand no, that, but by the way here. burgess that will be interpreted by the mob and the media's hannity <laughs> wants old people to die that's how they do it. The New York Toilet Paper Times. Any article, any article, yeah, any day well, now. What the, the message should be is that we need to fight for our middle class. And, and this is what I, I hope our, our fellow Americans understand. And growing up in the Deep South in the 60s, days of segregation, KKK, I lived in a community that was 50% of black Americans during the 40s, 50s, and the 60s were part of the middle class because we had such a vibrant uh, 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 business owner, small business ownership. 40% of our community were for business owners, small business owners, so 50%. Uh, end up being uh, uh, in the middle part of the middle class. What the left is trying to do right now, what they've always done, is hurt the most uh, vibrant part of what, what makes our country what it is. The middle class, as we get compassion, empathy, service, vision, risk-taking, and, 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 and a community that actually looks forward to having their, their kids have a much better uh, future than they are having. That's the middle class. That is what they're trying to, 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 um, to destroy, because once they destroy that, what's left is a group of elitists, and a group of dependency. That's what leads to uh, socialism and Marxism and the most evil uh, ideologies out there, communism. That's, that's all godless. And you have to understand, they're playing chess as we're playing checkers. That's what they've always been after. So just keep in mind, we have innate within us the desire to want to be free and to fight against tyranny. That's what we're seeing across our country. Let's keep it up. Do it smart. But let the, we, the people, figure out how to get it done. Small business owners can figure this out because they know what it is to look through obstacles and find solutions, and make sure the customers feel comfortable coming to their, to their stores. Let's let them do that, and, and, and instead of these, uh, uh, these elitist uh, the folks who work for the government or, uh, or wherever they do, you know, the media who are right now getting paid every single day, they're not dealing with what, what we the people are dealing with in terms of trying to keep our lives afloat. You know, I, I, I don't think people understand either that, you know, I read through this bill of Nancy Pelosi and the Socialist Democrats. They want $3 trillion more dollars. Burgess, we've already spent $3 trillion dollars. And by the way, yeah. we, re, we, we did rebuild Europe after World War II through no fault of any worker, any small business. Hospital workers desperately needed the medical supplies. States like New York didn't prepare for anything. They should have. Uh, so we needed a medical mobilization. We needed a, a financial bailout. But the real bailout now is take the lessons we've learned Nothing is going to be perfect, but, you know, if you get in a car or on an airplane, everything's life is a risk, but we want to minimize it to the lowest amount possible. And I'm willing, as somebody that is very resistant to ever want to put a mask on Burgess, I'll do it for the sake of, of elderly people so that I don't pass it on to them and they may end up having severe complications or worse because I wouldn't wear the stupid thing for, for a short period of time till this is all gone. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm, I'm totally with you on that. We have to, again, understand that 
this is a, a very key moment for us, and I'm something we're excited about going through with the rest of America. You know, we've been fighting against this, the evil leftists, for a long, long time, but we've never had a chance to really point to exactly how they operate. They are right now, the last thing they want to have happened, when, and this is what evil is all about. They, they hate rule of law. They hate due process. They hate uh, Americans feeling hopeful and moving forward and taking risks and, and providing for themselves. This is a chance, once we get through this, that Americans could look back, and this is uh, Republicans, independents, and Democrats, look back and see who was for us moving forward and, and providing for ourselves and who was against us. And I'm hoping the good Democrats out there can take a look at, at your leadership and recognize that socialism, Marxism, and communism is pure evil. It's a, it's, a, it's a deletion of God. And when you take that out of the picture, you don't have what we have in our country, a, a giving heart, an empathetic heart, someone who's trying to figure out how to serve others and move our country forward. It, that is totally deleted. And, and that's what the left wants to do. And those folks like Pelosi are totally heartless. They, they, they look at misery as being a political strategy. And think about what kind of America does that to, to each other, to look at trying to how, how can we make other people feel miserable, hopeless, helpless, and that way we get our power. Thereafter, uh, 2020, November, we need to make sure that we win the House. And this time, this House needs to be full of freshmen who care about our country, not the elitists who get in there trying to care for their, their future lobbyist uh, positions. Good, good, uh, a good House that, that believes in the principles and the concepts of, of leading people coming first, like our president does, a Senate, and a president that allows us to move forward without having his hands tied behind his back. I'll tell you, the next four years, Sean, could be the most... Most unbelievable uh, great years in terms of our country, because across the board, Americans will feel and understand what the American way really looks like, and how it feels like a place of hope and second chance. And I'm looking forward to being part of that. And again, understand. I, I don't think I've been as excited about a candidate winning as you. I am uh, I am blown away at um, how necessary and needed your voice is. Uh, Burgess Owens, I, I just hope the people in Utah are listening over on KNRS, and that's Rod Arquette's uh, station, um, because if they are, they need to vote for you in the in the 4th District, Congressional District of Utah, in your run for Congress. This is a very, very winnable seat. We had good news last night in California, and uh, we won two races last night, and I think hopefully a harbinger of things to come. Poll numbers of the president are up significantly. I hope that continues, and I hope after the second horrific economic quarter, we begin to see signs in the third quarter, and then the recovery that you are uh, describing in the fourth quarter into next year. I can tell you this, Biden doesn't know what he's doing. Um, He's still in his basement trying to figure out what day it is. But uh, Burgess Owens, thanks, my friend. Thank you, Sean. Appreciate it, buddy. BurgessForUtah.com. That's my website. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Burgess Owens. 800-941-SEAN. Uh, all right, big time, A.J. Houston, Texas. Big time. I've been getting worried about you. I haven't been taking as many calls, and I miss you. How are you? Big time, Sean Hannity. <laughs> What's hey, up, my friend? I, I, I know you've been a busy man, and, boy, you know, hey, I've been uh, been fired up, and you know how it used to be. It had to calm me down back in the good old days, Sean. Boy, I'm back again because this is our country right now, and, babe, let me tell you, Nancy Pelosi, I know these idiots up there better not even think about passing that deal what she's talking about Friday. There's no way, Sean, we can do this. What, what, what is they trying to do to this country, man? We know what they're trying to do, but is the Republicans going to stand up or what they're going to do, Sean? Talk to me, baby. Talk they be- to they, me. They better stand up, and we better. everybody needs to know 
What's at stake in 174 days? Because I'm going to tell you something. We don't recover if they get elected again, AJ. And Kennedy, that's hyperbole. It's not. Because, you know, look at the look at what they want to do and the waste, the fraud, the abuse and the three trillion dollars. Look at what they did to General Flynn. And by the way, Joe Biden lied to George Stephanopoulos yesterday. And now we know he was one of the unmaskers. What you know, we need to now they abuse their power. They are corrupt. This was an attempted coup. And I'll tell you, you know, the fact that liberals can turn a blind eye towards whatever they do. There are no more I believers, AJ, because it's not a Democrat, because it's not a Republican. There's no more Russia's bad because Hillary's dossier. They knew it was from Russia. She paid for it. Not a word from the corrupt media mob. Ukraine uh, quid pro quos matter, but not Joe and Hunter. They're phony, lying hypocrites. And what they will do to this country and what they've done is a disaster. Exactly. And we got 39 names they put out already. 39 that Correct. Obama and his crew did. And uh, you ain't going to see the fake news talk about it. And I'm like, well, wh- where is this money going to come from, Sean? You know, wh- what's, I mean, wh- they can't keep printing money, man. And uh, my uncle, right quick, you know, my uncle, my aunt that you talked to that hung up on you that yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. hey. I say, Unc, do you know what is who who started? Is that what you call him? You say, "Hey, Unc." You call him Unc. I call him Unc. (laughs) (laughs) All right, go ahead. I say, do you know where this virus came from? He say, "Yeah, it came from God." I say, Unc. Oh my! You evidently been watching fake news. I say, God do great things, but this one here is man-made. You ever heard of a laboratory? Oh, don't you tell nobody that this came from a laboratory. I say, Uncle, have you been watching the news? Oh, I say, that's right. You be fake news. So you lost in the shuffle, Uncle, because what China did, and I'm going to put it this way, Sean, the Democrats did to hurt this country. Somebody need to pay. And I hope Donald Trump don't sign this thing. I hope Donald Trump put his foot on China's neck and make, and I hope the world Get China for all the deaths that they created. I get it. I'm, you know, I'm back excited again. This, you know, I was this way when Obama first walked in there, and I'm back again. Boy, I thought I had calmed down, Sean. Dag, no, I, I don't. We don't want Ooh. you to calm down. We want you to ratchet up. Just keep, just keep your blood pressure up for 174 days. We'll fix it after the election. That's my. That's kind of my attitude at this point. I'll let it. I'm. I'm going to let it go through the roof every day. And hopefully I'll get to the other side of it, and then maybe I can start living a normal life again. But you know what? There's too much at stake, AJ. It's it's this is the whole. This is it. This is the all. Everything is on the line here. Every single thing is on the line. The future of this great country, this democratic republic, this constitutional republic is all on the line, and Rick, Americans wait. better understand it. The best exactly. thing we can do is reelect this guy and hear the words we can now project. Donald J. Trump has been reelected the 45th president of the United States and watch their heads spin on top of their neck and watch them projectile vomit green puke. Exactly. And we telling the Republicans that's running, get for the House. Get out there, make and yourself win. known, and let's win the House and the White House back again. Because we don't. Kiss United States goodbye. Keep up the good work, Big Daddy. Big time, AJ Houston, Texas. You're the man. 
right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Uh, an amazing Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern, the unmaskers. And what did they say before this all came out today and how many of them lied? We have Sidney Powell fighting back against Judge Sullivan. She'll join us. Greg, Ed Henry, uh, Kevin McCarthy, Marco Rubio, Kaylee McEnany, and Dennis Miller. All happening 9 Eastern tonight. Hannity, Fox News, please set your DVR. Thanks for being with us. See you back here tomorrow.